0: You're listening to America's the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome to uh, the immigration hour here on America's Web Radios. You're uh, one of your hosts, Rocky Rockliffe. How are you doing today, David? I'm doing fine. Didn't David's mic wasn't mic. on. He wasn't no. ready. He wasn't ready for that. Well, I'm here uh, Looks I don't like know.
2: you got a three finger haircut there. A three yeah. finger
1: haircut? Where are you? Are you going
2: back in the service?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I just uh, Got a little bit of a trim, uh, hoping to not have to go. I usually go about once a month to the barber, but I figured I can forestall it maybe till January or February with a cut like this. So.
2: Ah, well, you missed your uh, face,
1: though. I did miss my face. This is what happens, David, when I go uh, on vacation uh, You know, for a few days from the office and I don't go to court immediately upon my return. I, I let it grow for four or five days, and then we end up with this, and people are, are you growing a beard? Why don't you trim it up? Looks good. Hey, it's just... Laziness, folks. That's all it is. But uh, we're here today. Uh, I want to say bright-eyed and bushy-tail, but I don't know. I was up uh, pretty late last night. Are you a big sports fan, David? Uh,
2: as long as it doesn't interfere with my beauty rest. As long lot. as
1: it de- yeah. Usually it doesn't. But last night, uh, that that Monday night football game, it was it was a blowout at the half, and I was figuring, you know, if I go to bed again, it's going to be like the Patriots Broncos game. There's going to be a crazy comeback, and so I decided to stay up, and it. Still ended up being thirty-four to seven. No, uh, no crazy comeback for the Saints last night. So, I was up a little late, a uh, little, a little bit past my bedtime of uh, nine o'clock, folks.
3: <laughs> early
1: to bed, early to rise, right, David?
2: Uh, you got that right. And, uh, I, I'm surprised at your age. At my age, I can understand nine o'clock. I, I usually try to get there <laughs> between nine and ten. But uh, uh, at your age, that's pretty early.
1: It is, uh, David. I like to I like to sleep when it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, at 9 o'clock it's uh, dark. I hate to days, tell you, it's but at 7 o'clock it's dark. 7 o'clock it's dark. So, so I'm thinking just, about going to sleep at 7 o'clock. Ah, well, that, I, <laughs> hey, I've I've done worse, that's that? for sure. But hey, there's, you know, listen, if you're still up, you know, nothing good happens past, you know, midnight. I don't, I don't know what to say. But, uh, anyways, um, so yeah, David, I was doing a little bit of show prep today. Shocker, I know, prepping for the show. Um, I was going on just, you know, checking out immigration reform news topics. I started throwing in a couple of more you know, descriptive words on, on the search engine. You know, immigration reform opponents, immigration reform proponents, all that stuff. Um, and I came across an article from CNN Politics. And the article is moderately interesting. We'll, we'll go over that. It's got, a, it's got a couple of salient points, but what I really want to get to at the end of the article is the comment section. David, have you read some of these comment sections on these news sites before?
2: Hey, yeah, I do on occasion. Not you know, I don't make it a
1: habit. I, I've never done it before, and uh, because the article printed out, it was it was fairly short, but it printed out 14 pages, and I'm I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, what? How, how is this thing 14 pages? And you know, it's oh, it's all these comments. Well, clearly, people have some things to say about uh, immigration reform, and I was. I don't want to say shocked because nothing really shocks me anymore, but some of just the the vitriol and the just abject ignorance of some of these people commenting about immigration—it's um, just—it's—it's it's astounding. It's—it's it's astounding. Um, okay, so th- this article is uh, it is actually from about a week ago. Did you take a percent? I
2: I would bet the percentage of the comments. And I, I don't have them in front of me, but I would bet, as we've mentioned before, many, many times, that I would, I would guess, over eighty percent are, what's the word, unfactual or infactual, or are are written by people that don't know what's really going on.
1: It, oh, I, I would say more than that, and I and and I don't know how to ca- characterize it. It's because a lot of it is opinion. Some of them are spouting it as. Fact, It's it's all misinformation to be sure. Um, but it's – yeah, the vast majority of them just don't know what they're talking about. But you would think – They the, were authorities. <laughs> you, you would think with the force of their conviction based on the tone in their writing that they would know or at least have educated themselves because usually when you're passionate about something, try to find out as much as you can about it. Well, the you know, I the think they,
2: here. I think they leave that to the ABCs and the MSNBCs and the CNNs and the, and the yeah that and the, are the, that are you know totally misleading. And he, even if they give a fact, they will only give a half truth or a, or a quarter truth or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Uh, I, I think you know, since Charles and I, I say Charles and I, since Charles has been doing the show, you know, he has he has awakened me to a lot of things. He did yesterday. I trusted somebody. We put on, uh, uh, we we misrepresented something, and I apologize for it. Uh, It wasn't me. It was a a host, but it still was broadcast over over uh, America's Web Radio, and it was wrong. And it's very easy today, though, to you know, the most honest person I saw, I think, was one of these on the street things where I get my news from Kelly and Michael. Well. (laughs) You know, they're jerks. They don't get any news, but But at least they were honest, Exactly, yep. And, uh, you know, and I I can't – you look at the Internet, and thank God for the Internet. If we didn't have it, we'd be really in in deep trouble. But the Internet can be very inaccurate or misleading or misinformed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our mainstream media, and if we just take it in regard to immigration, it makes me very sad quite frankly, that people, you know, I'd rather, it's sort of like the old thing, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Well, if you can't tell the truth, (laughs) then don't say anything at all. Right. And unfortunately, out of those comments that you got there, if you said 400 of them were from congressmen, I'd believe that too. They're as misinformed as
1: everybody else. Yeah, and we're going to go through these comments here after we get through the article. But you know, you you make a good point. Uh, If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. And and extrapolating that out, if if you don't have the truth, don't present it like you do. Present it as opinion. Present it as this is what we think. You know, um, this uh, sometimes the hardest thing to say is I don't know. You know, somebody asked me a question upstairs uh, earlier this morning, and I didn't know the answer to it. And I'm thinking in my head, okay, well, maybe this, maybe that. I don't know. Simple as, I don't know. But, you know, pride keeps a lot of people from doing that. I actually did say I don't know and then proceeded to give my opinion of of what I think (laughs) should happen or what what, what the answer was. But, you know, if a lot of these, you know, talking heads, news pundits said, listen, I don't know any more than the next guy. But based on the information that I have, this is what I think, and, and I think that's what we try to do here on this show is, I mean, uh, obviously we've I mean not to brag or anything, but I think we have a little bit more information about the immigration debate than most because it's what we do. But listen, I'm, I'm – uh, as we did on your show with the natural-born citizen thing when we had Mario Apuzzo on, uh, I mean I had never, ever been hit with that interpretation, and I found it very convincing. You know, and I'm always, uh, and, I, and I hope our listeners and everybody else is that way too. If you can present me with some different facts, I will gladly change what I think about something because my opinion about something is based on the informa is. It's only as good as uh, as the information that I have. You know, so. But let's uh let's move on to this this uh this article here that cuz we have to go through the the article to get to the comments otherwise the con- comments won't really have any context But the title of the article is four ways immigration reform still could happen dash dash or not okay um starts out clearly we're probably not going to have anything this year i think what do they have you know there's 30 almost 30 calendar days left but i they're working what two five okay man that would how great would that be to make ha, have that six figure salary work five days out of the month, i I'll just be honest, I just be—I can't fathom that. Um, so it's probably not going to happen this year. Okay, uh, one reason there's a huge thing going on right now. I don't know if you know about it—the failure of the Obama care rollout stuff. It's oh, been in the news lately.
2: Mr. So, Obama said is, it was working. Oh, is it working now? Oh yeah. Oh, they can they can do up to eighty thousand at one time. And uh, <laughs> as I was clearly mistaken, you know they <laughs> they can do eighty thousand. They can't go anywhere, but you can get on it. Oh yeah, and they can all log on. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I that's that's taking up a lot of the uh, the administration's time, a lot of the uh, con- you know the congressional debate back and forth. You know, there's the uh, you know we we beat it to death here, and other shows have as well. You know, the rancor that exists between the parties with respect to the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, whatever you want to call it. And that's kind of front and center right now. So a lot of people don't really want to expend the political capital talking about immigration reform. Got it. Not really a shocker there. Uh, the, the the second reason they give here is uh, it's the, the the title of it, The Sweet Spot, is that uh, basically saying the Republicans are looking for the sweet spot next year, uh, which it's really funny that they call it this because what they're describing as the sweet spot is that time – After the first of the year but before elections get serious where they can make decisions that have lasting consequences but they won't have to pay the price for six months down the road. And isn't it sad, David, that that's how – I mean we're making policy and law that will have far-reaching effects on individuals in this nation as a whole based on how close can we make this decision without having to be responsible for it. I mean that's really what they're doing. I mean that's that's the calculation that all these guys are making. If they did it this year, clearly they're not going to be responsible because nobody's going to be talking about it next November. But the closer they get to November in the next calendar year, the the more likely it is that they're going to have to take responsibility for for their decision on how they vote. Imagine that somebody taking responsibility in Congress. I I don't think they do. <laughs> I think they take. Uh, <laughs> I think they
2: take finger pointing, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, well, I, I, I you don't even
1: want to. <laughs> we don't
2: even want to open up that can. Yeah, today. I, I folks. just say it's, 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 it's but deplorable.
1: It, that's what it is. And it's, and it's, and it's so, it, it's, it's, to use your word earlier, it's sad that the, that they, it 's sad because we can 't get anything done, and it 's sad, just the ignorance of these of the Republican party that hey, you guys can seize this and get a win you know and i 'm not advocating for the Republicans or the Democrats here, but just the political calculus of hey, you guys need a win, you can get it with this. Stop bickering internally over these things that don 't matter you know and, and we 've talked about the, the you know their, uh, the big sticking point for a lot of Republicans is this so called pathway to citizenship guys that that doesn 't matter at this point I mean that 's so far off that just get something done and you know fix the system now not 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 something don't don 't bicker over something that has no bearing on 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 the situation now okay let 's get uh the last two points are here and then we'll then we 'll take a break and then get into the comments but the third thing, uh, uh part that it mentions here is feelings must be mended. Obviously, there's a lot of hurt feelings, David, over the government shutdown, the Affordable Care Act, Republicans and Democrats not getting along. I don't really know how that's news. Uh, one one Republican strategist describes the situation as the shutdown was very toxic. Right now, it's very difficult to get anything done in Congress. Is that, is that news to you? <laughs> you know, let me ask you, and you're right.
2: We've got to go to break shortly. Yeah. Is is it just too big? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, you know, you look at Obamacare, you look at the immigration, you look at the economy, you look at this, you look at that, you look at our military. Is it just is the government just too that, big?
1: In every respect, too big. There there's no there's no aspect of government that is not too big. And and the size is what's killing it. The you size know, is what's killing it.
2: I respect you and Charles, particularly uh, from an immigration standpoint. And I appreciate you getting me in here undocumented from Yatawanya, and uh, but do you do you? And I know you respect Charles. Does Charles know everything in the world
1: about immigration? I want to keep my job, so. No, and he'll be the first one to tell you he well doesn't. certainly does, yeah. does four do four
2: hundred and thirty five people in your house know everything there is to know about immigration no. can they
1: no and or do
2: they all take the tack let's pass it and then find out what worm's it. in it.
1: <laughs> they take the tag, pass, and find out what's in it. But the thing is this, is they don't know. And I think they'll be the first ones to tell you that they don't know. And then the people they listen to is the problem. And the people they listen to, they only listen to those who are going to help them get reelected. So let's uh, – when we come back here from the break, we're going to go through these comments, folks. Astounding.
3: you si said con un silano. O tiene problemas con inmigración. o tiene una oferta de trabajo. Llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. con más de 10 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración. Conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816861. A las 404-816861. O visítenos al www.immigration.net.
1: Hi, this is Dave Smith. Listen every Monday to America's Web Radio, the American Dream. My past background with healthcare, being president of uh, insurance companies, will keep you informed on healthcare and other topics that's going on in Washington and around this great country. American Dream, 10 a.m., America's Web Radio.
3: Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-Verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866 286 6200. That's 866 286 6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
0: You're listening to America's Web the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to America's uh, Web Radio. This is the Immigration Hour. Your host, Rocky Rockliffe. Uh, out today, um, Parts Unknown. He was in New York yesterday at a uh, ALA chapter conference uh, expounding on – I think he was talking about law practice management, how to run your uh, practice uh, – more efficiently because
2: and the first thing on the block was have a radio
1: show <laughs> have a radio show folks get your name out there take calls whatever it is I, I think this is an excellent way to 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 get it out there to get out and market and stuff like that um but you know it it always surprises people when i, and I tell them you know yeah law, law practice management you know is uh it, how you manage it is is how how well you're going to do and everybody well no, nobody really thinks it, we're in this to make money David, I don't know if you knew that. We're we're this is a business, uh, and and we do you're like to help. <laughs> you're a charity, okay? A charity. But it's you know a lot of people feel the same way. They uh, about lawyers, they do doctors. That you know it's it's not really a, the bottom line shouldn't really matter. Why? You know, it should not. You can't. it, it you always can't matters. It always matters, and I don't and care. I always tell people that your uh, you can more effectively represent people on a pro bono basis, uh, two, one of two ways, charging the people who pay more or getting really, really efficient at what you do. And the better your bottom line is, the more people you can help in, in a pro bono, pro bono manner. You know that's, that's something that's really important to me. It's also something I know that's important to uh, 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 Chuck as well. But let's get back to this article here. We, we went over the, the, the reasons why immigration reform may happen, may not happen. You know, It's still in limbo. Nothing really new there. They're not, you know. I'd be very shocked if they did something in the next uh, in the the five days they're working this month before next year, and and we'll just see where it goes next year. But the comment section of this thing, um, I I'm gonna just I highlighted a few of them and I'm gonna read them. I'm not gonna say who post. Well, I am gonna say who posted this one because it'll it should give you an idea of his uh the, the political his or her political leanings and and how they're gonna go on this. Um, Protect American jobs is their handle, so they sound uh, <laughs> like they're going to be in a boat here. But I'm going to read just snippets from from what these people are saying uh, it, here in the comments, and just kind of unpack it to show just it, you'll rec people will recognize some of the the comments because you know it's the same stuff they spell all the time. But I really want to unpack what they're saying just to show a how just completely false it is, and b how People completely misunderstand the issue that there's there's so much more than just there's so many other facets to immigration reform and immigration in general. You know, global migration flows of people than just illegal, legal, whatever. I mean, there's economic aspects to it. I mean, there's all kinds of aspects. But this person starts out by saying uh, they they give a whole they they talk actually they talk about how. Um, undocumented individuals in this country are causing all co- all healthcare costs to rise. I would have – it would be intellectually dishonest for me to say that that is not one reason why they're rising because people who uh, – there is one I've, – I've always said the one uh, good or service that undocumented can consume is emergency medical care because they won't be turned away at an emergency medical facility based on whether or not they can pay. So – Yes, that is a factor. It's not the biggest factor <laughs> at all. So they start out by saying that, but then the next portion of their comment, it goes on to say, also, when these non-income tax-paying illegal aliens <laughs> take American citizens' jobs, they're also taking away the income tax revenue that those working American citizens will be providing to our government. In addition, the American citizens who have their jobs taken away by these illegal aliens, then have to be paid unemployment and usually have no health insurance either because they can't afford COBRA, which adds even more to our deficit and further increases our health care costs. There's like 10 things in here that I really only want to unpack the first two. First off, non-income tax-paying illegal aliens. David, we've talked on this show numerous times. Everybody pays taxes. Okay, now whether you're a net tax receiver or a net tax payer is a separate issue. But all I have, numer, uh, virtually all of my clients file tax returns. Okay, that you, the IRS will take your money. Okay? And if you have a job where you have a social uh that you secured legitimately and everything like that and your employer wants to withhold taxes, the IRS is going to take that is going to keep that money if you don't file a tax return. And you may have to owe a you may owe a little more. You may not owe a little more. So the fact that they're not paying taxes is just is a joke. They are paying taxes. I now,
2: think that, don't they get aren't undocumented folks the people that drive up to the uh to
1: fill up their car and they get
2: the untaxed gasoline? <laughs> <laughs> right. And then if they go in and get a hot dog, it's the untaxed hot dog. And, and I
1: believe that they're exempt from property taxes as well. Oh. Don't quote me on that, but I think they are. <laughs> you bring up a really good point. They are paying taxes They because they consume a lot of any consumption-based tax they're paying it. Okay. Now, now the income, specifically with the income tax, yes, I will tell you that There is a portion of people who are here uh, illegally okay, who, based on their family situation because they have U.S. citizen children uh, or or, or something like that, makes it so they are a net tax receiver. They file a tax return and the government gives them money back more than they paid in or if they haven't paid in, they basically are getting a small refund. That happens, David. Now – I've said it before and I'll say it again. That is a problem with the internal revenue system or the welfare system, if you will. That is not a problem with illegal immigration okay, or undocumented immigration because guess what, folks? All these US citizens you're talking about, they're getting that tax break too. Uh, If you are – if you have a few kids and you work a low-wage job – and you get that earned income credit, additional child tax credit, guess what? You're going to be getting a fat tax <laughs> refund too. That's a problem with the internal revenue system, not with the immigration system. And to conflate the two is intellectually dishonest I think. Okay. Second thing here we're going to talk about, illegal aliens – and I use illegal just to, to keep it here consistent with, with his words. Uh, taking American citizens' jobs, again – why do why do people come here to the united states they come because there's a demand for their labor that that's a big reason why a lot of undocumented individuals come to the united states is there's a demand for their labor now they come they come illegally because there's no legal way for them to come to fill those jobs so to say that they're taking american citizens jobs is is not accurate those jobs aren't being performed by american citizens or people who uh reside in this country whether they be citizens or not so a a labor inflow has to occur an inflow of labor has to occur so they're not taking anyone's jobs okay uh and and then the rest of this thing uh, talking about american citizens who have their jobs taken away by illegal aliens then the aliens have to be paid unemployment well why do they have to be paid they're just getting unemployment coming here i mean that's where 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 is this going so it. That, that's two big things. That guy's comments crazy. They get crazier though, all right? Um, next, next comment. This is from some individual named Pat. Uh, it is an insult to anyone who has paid the many fees uh, who has had to pay the many fees and follow the legal path to the US to have people who broke the law be able to acquire citizenship. How is it fair to them? And then she – this person goes on to talk about – I imagine her being she. I don't know why. Uh, goes on to talk about anecdotally two of her friends, which really colors her knowledge and information about the immigration debate as it should. okay She says, I have two friends, both physicians who followed a long path for a green card through their work. They have paid taxes the entire time. Plus ten thousand each in fees and for lawyers. We make it hard for them, but easy for illegals with an average of nine years' education. Now, clearly, she's a little bitter, or whoever this person is, is a little bitter that her uh, that 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 the friends who are physicians had to you know pay a lot of money and 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 do it quote the right way, David. Um, how, how's it an insult to to those people? It's what's an insult is. The, the people that have to wait there 's people been waiting in line for families uh, for family visas for twenty years you know i don 't want to make it harder or easier for the the physicians to come. I want to make it easier for everybody to come here and work okay and just, but a lot of people they want to and this is what I think the opponents of immigration reform are really really good at are really good at driving a wedge between those two facets of the immigration debate. Those who have done it, quote, the right way and applied for visas through their work or family and either uh, waited outside the United States to come in and uh, those individuals who just came in and are subsequently trying to uh, to get uh, legal status, driving a wedge between those two facets of the debate is brilliant. And this late, this person has clearly succumbed to that. She, This person doesn't really sound anti-immigrant, but because they've – not taking their time to educate themselves about how the 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 right way really works, that it's just not realistic for some people to wait 25 years to join their families. is It, it, it shows why this person feels this way. Let me ask you. Go.
2: <laughs> have you ever uh, – you're a homeowner. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever had uh, someone uh, uh, drive through your yard or, or... – Steal something off your yard or from your house or from, you know. Fortunately, no. But, well, over the years, uh, you know, we we've had our we we had our house uh, or our trees out front papered when when one of the kids was in high school. You know, I've done that. uh, Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but anyway. (laughs) uh, no as as a homeowner or property owner something happens and you feel violated right that hey, I didn't invite you on my property to do this or uh-huh. do that whatever and And I still, as an American citizen don't like the fact and and we've talked about it that particularly from Mexico, but it happens in the northern border as well as it does from the southern border that somebody comes into our country illegally. I don't like that. But, you know, until we get a good system, we're not going to stop it. It's not going to stop. Now, regarding your situation on jobs, documented or undocumented, they're not taking jobs, they're filling jobs. There's a big difference, and people have to understand that. You take them away from filling these jobs, and your fat butt may not get fried chicken anymore. You know, uh, your house
1: may go from costing two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred fifty thousand dollars overnight because the cost of labor to frame it, sheet rock it, paint it, everything just went up twenty percent, thirty percent.
2: You know, so I, you know, yes, I, I'm, you know, I have changed my opinion in in many regards. But do I still vo- feel violated that somebody breaks into my country? Yeah, but you know, I don't care if they come from walking or horseback or ship or right, you know, s- s- snow and, sleds, whatever. It's they're still they're wrong. They're breaking the
1: law. I I t- I understand, but, and I I don't necessarily know if I sympathize with that position because my my the the way I counteract that is that I think that the l- let me ask you this. If you're an American, say you're born here, okay, and you want to, uh, you want to immediately hire somebody from another country for whatever reason, they're cheaper, you like that person, you have a deal with that person, whatever it is. Why does the interest of the state, the country, whatever you want to call it, supersede your interest in bringing that person here? We'll talk about it right after the break, folks.
3: Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley. Y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el Internet. www.immigration.net. Hi, I'm Paisley McDonald, and I'd like to invite you to listen to my show, At Home with Paisley, every week, Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, for practical advice and stylish living for your home and office. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with E-Verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
0: You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's World Radio. It's your host uh, Rocky Rockliffe. Um, we were talking, David, about this this comment section here uh, before uh, before we went off air. But we had a brief uh, l- little uh, point off air. I, I got a text from uh, from a buddy of mine who's also an immigration attorney. Just got a uh, j- just to just to uh, drive home the fact that the system is completely broken. A final hearing date on an immigration case for the year twenty seventeen. Imagine having a court – having a dispute or something pending before the state state government of Georgia or the federal government of the United States and basically them telling you, hey, hold on. We're going to be able to adjudicate this in 2017.
2: Three years (laughs) at best.
1: (laughs) I mean that could be four – who knows when in 2017? Three, four years down the road. And that could change and get pushed out further. That right now, that's the preliminary. So – I mean it just, it just shows we, we've got – we've talked about this tremendous backlog in the immigration court system. I mean that's – that right there, folks, is uh, 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 evidence of it. Um, thanks to to my guy for sending sending that in. He knows who he is. Um, he's listening right now I think actually. Let's get, this, uh, let's get back to this – let's get back to this comment section here really fast. Um, I, I posed the question to you, David, of – you know, you made the point that you feel, as a, as an American or as a citizen of the United States, uh, you feel somewhat violated by somebody entering the country in violation of the law. And I can understand how 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 you have that feeling. But I pose the question of somebody who is here, who born here, U.S. citizen, and they run a business. Why is it that the and and they're willing to pay a person to come here? to do a job, there's absolutely no uh, negative externality associated with that person coming here to the United States. Um, Sometimes they have to wait several years, upwards of 10, 15 years, to bring somebody like that here to work or a family member, a brother or a sister. Why I think that that person's interest supersedes the interests of the nation as a whole to prohibit that because you have – because I know you're, you're not really big on the federal government telling people what they can and can't do. Why should the federal government be able to tell you what you can and can't do with respect to that? The only thing that it should be concerned with is whether or not that person will become a burden to the nation as a whole. So, so I, I mean, I ask, I, I ask, do you think that the, the, the individual's rights supersede that of, uh, uh, of the whole if, if they can show that there's no negative externality associated with bringing someone here?
2: I think you're you're sounding like a very good Democrat that can change the <laughs> the topic or twist it around into making it no I you know well I, you're 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 not wrong no you're not wrong you're not right the problem is the system this, the you're system right. is this, wrong
1: the system is wrong and because that I, doesn't
2: make somebody you know uh, but should my, you get a ticket for running a red light and I shouldn't
1: no no that that that's 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 not uh that's not correct but what i will say is this but if we both break that, the
2: law it's breaking the law
1: again it? though my i th- but there's certain laws david that i don't that i don't think are it's more than saying i don't agree with them i don't think any state i don't think anybody should be able to tell somebody where where they can or can't live on one side or the other, of an imaginary line in the sand. I, and and we're going to disagree fundamentally about that. So I do understand what you're saying, and I think that some credence needs to be given to that that feeling that, hey, these people did break the law coming in uh, illegally. And, and I don't think there's anybody that's saying on, on either side of this debate saying, hey, forgive them. Let's make them citizens right now. I mean they're going to have – they're going to have to pay a hefty fine, hefty fees, things like that, to be able to, to take advantage of any change in the system. So I think that that, that concern is addressed, You know, w- will be addressed if they try to fix the system. But we both know it's going to continue if the system doesn't get fixed.
2: Absolutely. And you know what the problem is with the immigration laws and the immigration system today? Tell me. I will tell you. Too much damn government. And it started in the 60s, late 60s. We had a system in the 60s that, and let's address it, Mexicans, could come in here and work.
1: I wasn't aware there was any other type of immigration. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Well, uh, you know, there were
2: probably some German scientists that came in after World War II. And, some. Uh, some. Uh, you know, they, they might have gotten a green card too. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but we had a system that was working. In 1965, 64, 65, I know it was working because I was working with them.
1: You were, take, you, you were I, utilizing I was,
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you some story. I, I could tell you many stories, as a matter of fact. But there were many of the Mexicans that I worked that were so – they literally had a green card, and they were damn proud of it. Right. You know, and they would show it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they didn't make any bones about, well, I, I made $100, I'm sending 90 bucks back to my family in Mexico.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They were lined up at the post office, you know.
1: And they weren't on the take You And they weren't on the take. They t- were not on the take. They were so, here breaking what, their backs and producing. They so were not
2: consuming. So what happened from the late 60s? Government. To, bingo. <laughs>
1: You we're know, not going to disagree they, about this one at the all. The
2: more they get involved, the more screwed up the system becomes.
1: Right, and 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 you've seen over the, you know you referenced the last you know forty years or so. Each time the government has gotten involved, they've made the and when I say when we say the government, here, we're talking about the federal government. The Constitution gives the Congress the uh, power over over this uh, aspect of the law. Um, each time they've gotten involved in it, they've made it worse. At no, no question. And and when they do get involved in it, yes, things temporarily for a year, 18 months, they they may – I don't, I don't want to say get better, but it's it's kind of, hey, this little fix you did was kind of like a thing for everybody to jump on to basically get money somehow, some way. And it's 10, 15 years down the road that we start feeling the effects of this garbage. I mean, right now. I mean, it's 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 been the last several years that we're really feeling the effects of. I'd say probably more than the last several years. It seems like that to me because I'm so new practicing. But the the uh, the, the immigration laws that were <laughs> fixed, whatever you want to say, in the late '90s. I mean, causing all kinds of problems now, and and that and that's the situation that that we find ourselves in. and, and since the '60s, where we had a system that by and large, worked because there was so little government intervention in it. And, and David, were there people coming in illegally in the 60s? Yes. Were there people working here illegally in the 60s? Yes. But there wasn't a problem because everyone minded their own business. Everything went along. Nobody was on the take or anything. So it wasn't a big issue. It just We just trucked along. Government didn't get involved. There was problems with it. But it was those problems pale in comparison to the problems that we have now that have been occasioned by this, this the interference of the state in, in these matters, and um, it, it just it just goes to show you that there, there's nothing the government can't screw up. Well, <laughs> you know,
2: I, I look at this, I look at those comments uh, that you were talking about, I look at the statements like "Let's pass it, and then we'll find out what's in it." You were in the military, and say uh, I all of a sudden became your uh, platoon officer, your leader of little platoon. And second uh, lieutenant my there. experience is that I've been a barber. I didn't even go to OCS. I didn't go to uh, AIT or anything else. They just dropped me in as a little first lieutenant. And, I and, thought that's uh,
1: where second lieutenants actually came from. Barber school for <laughs> anywhere other than OCS or uh, <laughs> well, anyway. Shout so, out the second lieutenants. There. Do you
2: really want to take orders from somebody uh, who hasn't been there and done that? Yeah. No. So we we have the same thing in Congress. We right. have people passing laws. We have and and hey, uh, Rocky, you want your little deal passed? <laughs> well, you I want you to pass my little deal. Yeah. And, you know, and we have all of this stuff of people that have no real knowledge. Right. They don't have, you know, I, people can get on the soapbox and yell and scream about farmers are taking advantage and they can do this and they can do that. You know, I'm at the point, I made a mistake yesterday uh, and I lived up to it and Charles was the one that pointed it out. And I apologize and I'm sorry. I don't want unfactual stuff going out. And I don't want unfactual stuff coming from our leaders, the people no. that we have voted to put into power. Right. And most of them have n- absolutely no clue. clue. Not a clue. clue. Right. And this is this comes back to my point that you know is it just too big? Can, are we over yes. the cliff? And we you know.
1: I yeah I it, I definitely too big. I don't know if we're at the point yet. Um where where it's uh you know irretrievable, quite frankly i don't uh, want
2: somebody in congress writing the bill i want to send chuck up charles up and let him write the damn thing he knows well, a hell of a lot more about it oh, than but the, th-
1: this is the thing though is there's a lot of um i would i would actually be fine with that um my boss chuck writing the uh entire immigration bill i, I think it would be uh a well-crafted law.
2: Now do we get more Uh, out of (laughs) him?
1: No, I I actually do agree with that because I think he's one of the people on this issue that is um, fairly reasoned on on both sides of it. You would not want me writing an immigration bill, David. I I would basically gut the system and open the borders. Uh, So (laughs) you would not want me to do it. But somebody like Chuck – who has a very reasoned approach, a very reasoned and knowledgeable approach to this issue would be somebody who would want to write the bill. Unfortunately, David, that – because a lot of these bills are written by people – they're written by staffers and all these other people. But they don't they're know not, anymore. Right? They're not people – they may know a lot about the issue, but they have an agenda – that's tied to an overall agenda of advancing state power, whatever it is, advancing the welfare state. That clouds what they're trying to do. Somebody like Chuck, with his uh, very measured, reasoned approach to this issue, would craft something that was—I don't—I don't know a better word to use right now—but would be fair to all sides. It, it's mm. not really pushing any sort of issue one way or the other. It's a—it's hey, we have a broken system. We need this inflow of, of immigrants to keep our country alive. Uh, you know, let's fix the system. But like I said, unfortunately, he and and people like him are not the people that are writing these. It's – it's you have people from the far one, – far, one, one end of the spectrum that oppose it, inserting stuff in it. And then you have people from the other end of, hey, we want everybody getting a government check inserting stuff from the other end, and unfortunately, you come out with these abominations, which uh, you know, the Senate bill didn't really have that much in it. Uh, uh, the Senate bill was actually a very, very, uh, I think, very measured uh, bill. I, I don't think there was a lot of shenanigans from either end. I think the Senate uh, really kept that out of there, but all this stuff just being put in by the House, you can just see where it just gets uh, – it, it, something that was good just gets give it to the government and it just goes away let's uh, take our final break and come back for the last segment here on America's Web Radio with the Immigration Hour
3: Soy Charles Cook abogado y jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners Chámenos hoy si usted tiene problemas con inmigración se ha sido arrestado si se casó con un ciudadano o tiene una oferta de trabajo nosotros le podemos ayudar también podemos explicar que puedes hacer para recibir los beneficios de inmigración Hoy a las 404-816-8611, 404-816-8611, 816 por el internet at www.immigration.net.
0: Hi, I'm Ray Bowman, hoping you'll join us each Friday at noon for our new show, Food and Farm, brought to you by FeedstuffsFoodLink.com, only on America's web radio.
3: Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verifying your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200, or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
0: You're listening to America's Webradio.com, the pioneer and leader. In chat radio, thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. It's your host Rocky Rockliffe. Um David, yes, I can't. Even, I can't even remember what we were talking about before at, at the break point. Oh, talking about how these, how the, how the bills just get perverted from from both ends of the spectrum. It 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 happens because the they they have all their little cronies in there, just inserting. You know, from the right, you've got all this crazy enforcement stuff, and from the left, you've got all this social welfare stuff, and and it just it leads to a clouding of the issue, um, and, which is evidenced by this this final comment here that i that I want to go over that shows how people's because the system is broken, they they're they're blaming essentially the symptom, uh, the 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 problem on the symptom, or, or they just kind of have it backwards. But this this one commenter here says. Uh, The demographic time bomb has already started exploding. Thousands of Hispanic U.S. citizens turn 18 every month. More legal Hispanics naturalize as well. The Asian population is smaller, but they're also more likely to be legal and will be 8% of the population by 2040. Both of these demographics vote Democratic. Well, there's a reason why uh, you have these racial demographics – that overwhelmingly vote one way or the other is because government has pigeonholed them into into these little voting blocks because by catering to that demographic uh, pandering to that demographic or pushing that demographic away, they push them to another party and you know a, a lot of people have a problem with you know the uh, I don't know the right word to use uh, in English here, but basically, the non assimilation of these people and 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 they do form distinct blocks of of uh, of um, distinct communities uh voting blocks and stuff like that and the reason that they do that david, the reason that the, the, this i think what this commenter is trying to get at is the, is the non assimilation is a problem the non assimilation of immigrants is directly related to the government intervention in the system because we make it so hard for people to come here legitimately and legally that when they do come, even when they come legally, uh, they, they tend to live in the shadows. It's like I, I – we've talked about this. Uh, one of my clients, we've talked on this show, he he been a long-time permanent resident of the United States, has a driver's license and when he didn't have his driver's license on him and when he got pulled over – He gave a false name for speeding simply because he is so scared of what the consequences are for such a minor act. Would you ever dream of giving a false name? When you were pulled over for speeding, as much as you would like to, I know, and go off the grid, you would never do something like that. But so, I, I think it's evidence of, uh, evidence of uh, why these people don't why people don't assimilate is because they live in is because they're afraid to come out of the shadows. And the reason they're afraid to and and what this person's referring to this demographic time bomb. I agree, it's a demographic time bomb because you're basically pushing these people into these communities where there's there is no assimilation, and that is a direct result. Of government intervention in the system, I, I've had discussions with numerous family members about this. Uh, you know, uh, w- with w- with my older sister before. Well, yeah, you know, I I like immigrants and stuff, but you know, I think they should come and they should have to learn English. And you know, they just kind of keep to themselves and they you know they live in their own communities. And you know, I think that's bad. Well, understood. But the reason that happens <laughs> is because the government is involved in it. People are scared. So, what do you naturally do when you're scared of some? Power you view as the boogeyman, you circle the wagons, you hunker down, and that's why we don't have this not this this uh, this assimilation. Why this person's referring to a demographic time bomb? Do you have any thoughts about that? Well,
2: yeah, and and, <laughs> and it's a it's a thought overall about what we've been talking about with the uh, uh, too much government. If you want to know one of the things that, and I don't know if you were old enough to remember because
1: it goes back. Uh, I'm 35, by the way.
2: Okay. you. It would be close, 25, 30 years ago. I think I was watching
1: Rush Limbaugh in seventh grade on the uh, TV <laughs> in, the, in the classroom, as uh, full disclosure.
2: Is, you know, there are little things that can cause avalanches. One rock uh, starts to fall or a snow avalanche, one snowball starts to fall, and all of a sudden you've got uh, something that's escalated way out of proportion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just as I said, people, a lot of people, myself included, feel like we are violated when somebody comes into our country illegally. But, you know, something that really struck a match with a lot of people, and it still does, and it was wrong for the government to do it, in my opinion, press one for English... Press 2 for Spanish. You know, this is an English-speaking country. That doesn't mean that we have to shoot Mexicans as they cross the border that can't speak English. In fact, most of them speak a lot better English than we do Spanish. But, you know, this country speaks English. And do the best you can. Why, you know, if you're going to be fair, if you're going to be PC... Press 3 for German. Press 5 for French. Press, you know, we don't do that. We have 1 for English, 2 for Spanish. I'm sorry. Stop
3: it.
1: I'm smiling here, folks. What do you think – do you think I'm going to agree or disagree with you on this? I think you're going to agree with me. I am going to 1,000 percent agree with you. I'm going to make two distinctions though. And I think you're actually going to agree with me on Let me – by this question, I'll know if we're on the exact same page or not. A private corporation, are you fine with them having one for English, two for Spanish, and any other numbers they want? Yeah, pretty much. But if, not if for...
2: particularly if it is an
1: international corporation, well, that does I'll, I'll, go, I'll, I'll say the world. this: we are an English-speaking country. That, I,
2: but that's, and, that's, that's that's no, no that's just, the CEO's <laughs>
0: right to say exactly, have
1: it. exactly. Have no so th- I'll say this. We are an English-speaking country and I have absolutely no problem with just the English for, for one reason and this is not for any social res- efficiency and because the cost of providing the services in an, any other language other than what our national language is, is a cost that I don't want – I don't think taxpayers should have to bear. Okay, Now, if we get to the point where we're only a Spanish-speaking country – and the vast and more people here speak Spanish than English, and we want to go to being a Spanish-speaking country. And so the only option is one for Spanish. I'll be fine with that too. It's easy for me to say that because I speak Spanish. Okay, but I'd be fine with that. I'm. I agree with you. I, I think that part of it is yeah that that we we went to that now. As a matter of policy, I understand why they did it. I don't agree with it, but the thing is. Everybody gets mad, uh, you know. I've had this discussion with with my father before, and, and I, I kind of—I don't want to say made him see the light, uh, but it's he—he he would, you know, uh, voice displeasure going to a private entity, you know, going to McDonald's or something, where the person checking you out doesn't uh, speak English that well. There is no reason to criticize that whatsoever. You know what your you know what your course of action there is if you don't like that. Don't go to McDonald's anymore. Oh, I thought it was shoot them. Shoot them. Well, clearly that that's the that's the first course of action. Oh. Okay, if that doesn't work, um, you go to the next. one. You don't go to McDonald's anymore. You can't not participate in the state anymore. I mean, it's it's impossible to completely live off the grid and say, oh well, because I, you're not. Providing me with the good or service the way I want it, I'm going to stop consuming it. If you don't like the way a private corporation does it, because a private corporation that's for profit can offer services in only Spanish, English, and Spanish, English, Spanish, German, French, Italian, Dutch. I don't care, but I, I think you hit on hit it on the head. Yeah, uh, I think that we should we are an English speaking nation, and and uh, those uh, services should be provided only in English for for efficiency uh, and for uh, uh, fiscal responsibility. It, well, it costs too much money to to have it in two, and and it's not as efficient. And and the and the collateral effect of that is that if you do have it, it encourages people not to learn English. And and I'll agree with that. That that is a that is a collateral uh, 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 that's a side effect of uh, it's it's what you would call a negative externality of uh, going ahead and, and offering that. You're basically saying it's it's okay not to learn English. You're right, and uh, you know. And I know there's going to be a significant portion of our people that are not – that listen to this show that I guarantee are going to disagree with that. And I, I Chuck may even disagree with that. I don't know. But I, I stand firm on that. Well, I, mean, I, very I, I
2: look back
1: – I look at our government today and
2: I, I can't – I don't remember. It, it's, it wasn't yesterday that this happened. It, it's been many, many years And you're probably going to slap a big red sign that says "conspiracist" on my forehead. I don't. I don't. Uh, But there was, you know, not at all. There was a reason that the government said, "Okay, we're going to offer," you know, in in English or in Spanish, and and it wasn't just because they're wonderful and they love the Spanish-speaking people and they thought they were doing them a big favor. They were putting that match on the box on the on the sandpaper on the box and scratching it. I hear you, and starting a fire and and a lot of people today, you know we're in a hurry. Mm-hmm. You call someplace, dial one for English, dial two for you know, spanish, and they go on and they we don't want it. we want to get we speak English, and let's move on down the street. Mm-hmm. You know there may be some good in it, but I don't think that was the intent. I think the intent was to strike that match, and and it's been irritating. I'll say ever I'll
1: say I, I I'll say this. I believe yeah. the people putting it into action probably had probably were well intentioned. The people behind the scenes who wanted it to go into in action, uh, I think had an all. Uh, might have had an alternative agenda, and the reason I'll say that is because I I view I'll I look at that in the and I know this is Pandora's box with three minutes left. The gun control debate is a perfect example of that. I believe the people who are out there really proponent uh, proponents of increased gun control, you know, teachers, moms, against you know all this stuff. I really believe in their hearts that they think that more control on firearms is going to. Make make it better for everyone. It's the people behind those folks that I don't trust, and you might have a point with that with, with the English stuff. You know, let me ask a final question. Final it's question. Got to be very brief.
2: All right. You were in the military. Yep. Can a military run by saying we're going to do it in English and we're going to do it in Spanish? Stay tuned.
1: No, but it's trying very hard. It's in a lot of ways. Okay. All righty. Thanks for listening to us uh, here on uh, America's Web Radio, the Immigration Hour. Uh, Again, if you need any uh, help with immigration needs, call us at uh, 404-816-8611. And if you missed the live version, download us on iTunes. Take it easy, folks, and we'll see you next week.